Movies by Minutes, project number five. It's Silverado this time. That's no jive. By Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote the show. Let's settle up now, kids, because here we go. Howdy, and welcome back to another episode of the Silverado Minute Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1985 Lawrence Kasdan-directed Western Silverado One Minute of Screen Time per Episode. My name is Dave, and I host the Airplane Minute, Top Secret Minute, Office Space Minute, the upcoming Naked Gun Minute, and Sequel Harder Podcasts. And I'm joined by the lovely and talented Melissa. Hello, I'm an underachiever. So this is the start of our week talking about Silverado, and so I take it that you have not seen this movie before. I had never heard of this movie before, oh. <laughs> actually, which is surprising because in the first two minutes that I started watching it, like 50 characters that I've seen before <laughs> are in it, There's <laughs> not a characters, l- actors. Right? There's a lot of famous actors in this movie. <laughs> Um, apparently, I was just kind of reading some of the trivia. It, it sort of spawned a, a sort of a renaissance in uh, Western movies. Okay. In the in the mid '80s. What year did this come out? This came out in 1985. In addition to this film, there was Pale Rider, Lust in the Dust in 1984, and Rustler's Rhapsody in 1985, and then 1986, Three Amigos. Well, that one I've heard of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I watched this. I had a roommate in college who loved this movie, and yeah. I think it was like you know it was early '90s, so it was probably on cable, and so I saw it a few times. It's a pretty good movie, and and this is probably my favorite Kevin Costner performance. To me, he's usually kind of one note and wooden, and this one at least he's a different. He's he's a very energetic character. Yeah, I mean, I've I've definitely never seen Kevin Costner act this way yeah. um, before. Now, where is this? Like on the scale of his acting career, is this early on? I mean, he doesn't seem super young. He seems a little young, but I yeah, mean, he let's, acts let's young, but he doesn't look significantly different. It's true, he does act young. But he could be like Paul Rudd that just has not <laughs> aged in 50 years. So. Exactly. <laughs> okay, it's early in his career, but he had done almost a dozen movies before this. Okay. And the reason he got this part was because he was supposed to be in a previous movie by the same director, Lawrence Kasdan, called The Big Chill. Mm. Which I believe also had Kevin Klein, but he his scenes were deleted. I think he basically he plays the, the guy that dies in the movie, and like they never showed him or something. I don't know. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I always think that's weird. I I didn't know that was a thing until much later in life, where they would just cut out huge chunks of of movies, and like people would yeah. be all excited they're going to be in a movie, <laughs> and then like they don't actually yeah get past the cutting board. That's uh, so sad. It is sad. It is sad. And it happens a lot more than you'd think. <laughs> yeah. That just never occurred to me as a thing that would happen. Yeah. No, there's a lot more uh, that doesn't go to plan in movie making. <laughs> as in life. Yep. Especially these last few years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, I'd seen this movie a couple of times, but I hadn't seen it in probably since college until just recently watching it for this. Until you say that, I didn't... I was trying to think of, like, my history with Westerns. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times, like, someone's dad will watch Westerns and that kind of stuff. And I don't think I was ever around anyone that was really into Westerns. A lot of it was more, like, army-type stuff. Mm -hmm. But I was a fan of Jimmy Stewart. Sure. So I watched a lot of the old Jimmy Stewart 
movies and, you know, some John Wayne crossover, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But never, like, there's, like, a huge gap of westerns that were made that I never heard of, never watched. Yeah. This was fun. Yeah, same here. Like, you know, I think my dad watched some westerns once in a while, but he wasn't huge into them. Probably I don't know. I don't remember exactly how much. He was much more into the war movies for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, yeah, I'm not a huge Western person. And so there's there's not a whole lot of Westerns. It's not just like a genre that I just really get into. Right. Uh, but there's a few that stand out. And I'll talk about them because I did come up with a list of my 10 top top 10 favorite Westerns. Okay. And I'll, I'm going to go two, two a day for the for the week. Okay. All right. So today we're talking about minute 31 of Silverado, which starts with the deputy locking the door to the jail and it ends with the deputy telling Payton to get over here. So this become this begins the uh, the big uh, jailbreak. Uh, as I'm sure it was covered in previous uh, episodes, when Emmett and Payton get to town, they find Emmett's brother Jake is already in jail for killing a guy after a kerfuffle with a girl. And Payton gets thrown in jail for shooting a guy to get his hat and guns back because he got all his stuff stolen from him at the beginning of the movie before the beginning of the movie and here's all right well we'll just go through the minute <laughs> <laughs> jake begins the minute by picking the lock to the jail cell and he says why pete used to do this all by touch <laughs> and i had to go back and rewatch the previous minutes to see that when Emmett was in there talking to him, he said something about Blind Pete said you'd always end up like this. And I'm that has to be some sort of foreshadowing or callback or, you know, signaling to Jake that he should pick the lock or something. Yeah, I didn't make that connection at all. I thought that was like a really good connection and it makes a lot of sense once you pointed that out to me. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't catch that. And I've watched these minutes like a dozen times coming up with this. And it wasn't until I went back to the previous minute to see how they came up with the jailbreak plan that I caught the blind Pete line that Emmett says. This jailbreak plan is bananas and should never have worked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're we're trying to figure out where Kevin was. <laughs> yes. Or whatever his name is. But yeah, basically like how they were hiding him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Sheriff John Cleese had run, had been called away because I guess Emmett set the, the gallows on fire. And then before he realizes it's a, dis a distraction, he comes back, or uh, we, we cut back to the cell, and the deputy somehow, I don't know if he hears a noise or something. Yeah, I'm like, there was very little sound going from the little belt buckle, and it's like yeah. through a closed door, and the guy's like, what was that? Yeah. So I'm that like, was okay. That's a little unrealistic, <laughs> but sure. Yeah. So he goes in to check it out, finds the door to the jail cell is open, and only... Payton is standing there by himself and says that... All right, where is he? He left. Like hell. This is the only way out. I woke up and uh, he was gone. So... And then he sees an empty, uh, like a dark under the bed. Yeah. And what struck me as odd was, you know, a minute or two before that, it had shown... Uh, Jake, like, going under the bed and, like, popping back out and, like, seeing if it would fit him or, or like, what yeah. What was he doing? Was that just to make us think that he was under the bed? Or I think so. I think so. I think it was a sort of, like, 
in one hand, it's like just showing his nervous energy. He's just got to explore the whole room or whatever. Mm. And it was a cute little thing where he had to keep popping out from under the bed to respond to what Kevin Klein was saying. Uh, but then I think you're right. I think it's like, okay, now we're supposed to think he's under there because we just saw him under there in the previous scene. Right. I didn't think he was under there, <laughs> for the record. I also did not think he was on uh, the guy's back. So. Yeah. So, so it plays out like this. He, uh, the deputy tells Payton to come up so he can cuff him to the bars so he doesn't you know, cause any ruckus while he looks for Jake. And that's the end of this minute. Anything else on this minute? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so going to my top 10 Westerns. My number 10 is The Quick and the Dead. Have you ever heard of it or seen it? I have heard of it. I do not know if I've ever seen it. Okay. It was directed by Sam Raimi, who did the Spider-Man movie, the first Spider-Man movies and the uh, Evil Dead movies. Hmm. Okay. So Quite the range. Yeah. And it has like Russell Crowe, Sharon Stone. I mean, it has a, a Gene Hackman, I think, is in it. It's like a, a huge cast of people. And it, it's pretty good, actually. You know, it's, it's, it's a modern one. It's like it was made in the 90s, I think. And uh, it's just like a, it, it's kind of like a blood sport or kickboxer thing where it's like, oh, we're having a, a gunfighting tournament, you know, so everyone's got to pair up and whoever you know, survives basically wins. Okay. So yeah, The Quick and the Dead has this amazing cast. Listen to this. Sharon Stone, Gene Hackman, Russell Crowe, Leonardo DiCaprio. Tobin Bell, Keith David, Lance Henriksen, Pat Hengel, Gary Sinise. You know my thoughts on too many famous people. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it can work, but a lot of times it's uh, <laughs> too many cooks. <laughs> it, when you should said Sharon Stone, I was like, oh, I, maybe I've seen some of that. But yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't remember. Hmm. What year did that come out? That was 1995. Okay. Yeah, so Gene Hackman plays the sort of crusty old evil gunslinger guy, and Leo DiCaprio is the fresh-faced young kid who wants to win the competition, and Sharon Stone is sort of the jaded, does she run a shop or something? I don't know. You know, there's, there's all the little character types in there. Okay. So it's fun. That's your number 10. That's my number 10. All right. Number nine is actually a TV show. It's Westworld. Hmm. So okay. that's the recent HBO thing that came out, has been... Three seasons of it, I think. Is it still? I don't think they're doing it anymore. Okay. But I'm not sure. Really interesting. And it's, do you know the premise of it? I've seen a couple episodes. Okay. Probably not enough to know everything that was going on. Yeah. It's a very deep layered thing. So it's in the future and they've created this theme park where you can go and play like it's the old West. And, and it's populated by all these very lifelike robots that you can just shoot or have sex with or whatever, and there's no consequences because everything just resets the next day or whatever, you know. Okay, I have not seen a couple episodes of that. <laughs> I'm definitely confusing it with something else. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's a sci-fi, and so it's based on it's based on a movie that came out in the 70s, I think, which is actually based on a Michael, Cri Michael Crichton novel. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I have read some Michael Crichton novels. Yes. Didn't realize that was one of them. Yeah. So they did a really good job with this series. It's it's really in depth, and and the first season, uh, Anthony Hopkins is in it, and there's just this huge hmm. twist at the end that I didn't see coming, and and uh, it's it's really good. Oh, the the third Hemsworth brothers in it too. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. The one nobody knows. <laughs> yeah. Did you read the book? 
No, I haven't read the book. Okay. I did go back and watch the movie after seeing the series, though. And it's weird because it's one of those – It's because it was made in the 70s, which is like the heyday of Western movies. But it's like this sci-fi thing and, you know, the special effects were okay, <laughs> you know. Okay. Uh, Yul Brynner is like the, the main guy in that. I don't know if you remember him. He was the king, the, oh, the king and I. Hmm? No, no. Who am I thinking of? It's like a Quaker oatmeal guy or something. Oh, yeah. What's his name? The guy that has diabetes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forget his name. I right thought now. that was a Brenner. Oh, well, I gotta look him up. <laughs> Wilford Brimley. Oh, close-ish. Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, anything else in this episode? No, it's it's on now. <laughs> it sure is. All right. Well, you can find the Silverado podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or at SilveradoMinute.com. Tell us your thoughts about Silverado at the Midnight Star, the Silverado Minute Listener's Saloon on Facebook and on Twitter at SilveradoMXM. MXM.